and welcome to the second season of the Yamcast, where we help young adults navigate this world and assist anyone in starting a young adult ministry. We do this by going through some books of the Bible that we are currently going through with our own young adult group. I am one of your hosts, Erica Haas. And I'm the other host, Chris Stukenberg. We love to guide this age group through life and their faith. And this season, we're actually going to cover the book of Ruth. Uh-huh. And we're super excited about it. So if you'd like to know more, check us out at Instagram at the EMCast or Facebook at EMCastPod. Or you can email us at EMCastPod at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please share with your friends because we all know that sharing is caring. Subscribe, rate, and review on any of the podcast platforms. All right. So our monthly five, we're back at it. I think it's time for another yam snack. Isn't it crazy that it's June? Does it feel like it should be June? You know, I just said to our our office workers today, our office manager and, and our admin assistant, that all of the days right now have blended together so much that six months ago feels like forever ago, and it also feels like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Simultaneously. That's a crazy feeling. So thanks, COVID. You've made life worth living. <laughs> but yeah, it's June. Yeah. So let's do another monthly five. We are we're actually like doing this monthly. <laughs> I mean I'm so we proud. Are. I'm really proud of us. I don't care, James, that it's only two months. We are I'm so proud of us. <laughs> well it actually this is like, our May one came out in June and I even wrote out like May on our graphic. Yeah. And then I wrote, I was like, we actually recorded this in May. It's technically still May. Let's just all pretend, you know? Yep. It was like right at the beginning. It was in May. We're going to count Actually, it. I think it was June 1st, to be real. This, so. this is like, yeah, we posted on June uh-huh. 1st. but we So clearly we did it in May because yes. we didn't record it that morning. No. But, uh, you know, I'm so proud of us. This is kind of like when somebody says, you know, it's the first annual. You're just really, you're stoked for them. You're like, wow, you're really starting a tradition. This is great. We're trying. That's what we're doing. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> where do we go from here? Well, Just let's kidding. talk about what we're reading. That's our first question that we'd love to talk about. It is. So Erica, it is. what are you reading these days? So back when I was quarantined, I read. Way back when. Yeah. Ages ago. I read a lot more than I do now. Technically, the two weeks that I was really quarantined, meaning I didn't even work, I don't think I really read that much, to be honest. <laughs> I watched a lot of TV. But the the novel that I'm reading right now is called Yes Again, or sorry, Ask Again, Yes, by Mary Beth Keene. So I got a bunch of novels from a friend, and I'm working my way through them. And so this one actually has to deal with um, Irish immigrants so it's and it doesn't doesn't deal with it heavily at all. She, there's just little glimpses where he, you know, makes references to, you know, to Ireland. But it's nothing like overtly um, like racial or any of that. It's just an interesting an interesting take. It also has to deal with a little bit of mental health issue, which is also very interesting. So I'm still making my way through some of my nonfiction books. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. I've been taking them to school to read when we do silent reading with the kids. And they're like, oh, how long have you been reading that? And I'm like, too long, children. Too long. Six months. Yeah, right? And they're like, oh, what are you going to read when you're done? I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever finish. <laughs> so I don't know what I'll read. And then I was like, I'm actually, you know, currently basically reading, you know, four or five different books. And they're like, really? Because, of course, they're right. 
reading their one chapter book. So, right. But yeah, that's what is on my nightstand right now. At least that story didn't go where I thought it was going to go. What that during think? silent reading time, you're falling asleep on the book <laughs> and your kids are waking you up like, hey, Miss hey. Erica, can we do recess now? Something else? Yeah. Well, because we've been doing it outside, our reading time, because it's so nice. And yeah, I think we're out there for like 10 minutes and they're like, Hey, can we play tag now? Can we can we do can we play a game? I'm like, no, we are doing a little bit longer. And you're like, you're not allowed to touch each other because COVID. Yeah, you're all gonna die. We still play tag. Don't you can't say those things. Ruff, we ruff. need to cut that <laughs> from the. I'm just kidding. And we thoroughly I, wash our hands probably 20 times a day. I agree. So yeah, I get that. And I don't think anybody actually knows what you do. Have we ever talked about that on the podcast? I don't. I don't know. So your day job is what? So during the school year, I teach, but during the summer, I basically do like summer daycare. So I, this year, things are a little different, but I have third graders. I have 12 at the most today. I only had eight. And so finding things for them to do, because usually we go to the park, we go to the pool, we have, we go to the library. We have usually a field trip almost every day, whereas now we're not really able to leave so, and maybe things will lighten up. I don't know. I'm hoping that we can get to do some things, but so now it's a lot of, yeah, art projects and I'm having to plan more this summer than I ever have had mm-hmm. to plan. So, so this is a Christian school here yes. in town and Eric is a teacher slash daycare provider slash mm-hmm. therapist slash I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of, All it sounds kind of like my job in some ways. Wrangling the children. <laughs> yeah, that also sounds like my job sometimes. Yeah. So what are you reading? Uh, right now, I'm just about done with all those books that I've mentioned the last couple months. When I read a nonfiction book, I don't just read a book. I have to dig and dig and dig and dig and take notes and prepare for future teaching stuff. Mm-hmm. So it takes forever, too. But right now I'm I'm working through uh, two different commentaries in Revelation because we're about to start a series this Sunday in Revelation, and then uh, we're we're gonna hit Colossians in the fall. So I'm I'm dusting off some of my Colossians commentaries that we looked at when I was in seminary. Because mm. one of the things that we did when we were in seminary, uh, as you move through Greek exegesis, you actually have to translate multiple books of the Bible to learn how to manage Greek. And Colossians is one of those books that's easily accessible, but yet challenging enough that it causes you to freak out a little bit. So uh, we, pretty much everybody that I know who went to Trinity has translated Colossians. Um, So I'm dusting off my old notes going, all right, and then probably should look at the commentaries just to make sure that I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Get ready to go. So about how many, when you're planning a sermon series, about how many commentaries... Do you feel like you read to make sure that you're kind of well-balanced, right? Because if you were just to read one, you could just be like, oh, then that's the quote-unquote truth. But how many would you say that you read to kind of get the overall gist, if that makes sense? Yep. So I I start by, depending on what book of the Bible we're studying or teaching through, I typically start in the original language first. And I do a lot of work on my own just to see things that are important to notice and stuff like that. Then when I'm done with that part, uh, I start working through the passage itself. I do a lot of the hard work. I kind of build a sermon. uh, And and this is part of what we do in our sermon teams. Like we have a sermon team that actually 
meets monthly just about, and we walk through sermons together and the whole team contributes to help make stuff work. So while they're all, while we're all working on it together, I've usually done a little bit of bonus work beforehand so I can help lead the discussion and facilitate the discussion. But then when all that's done, we've got sort of a, a skeleton, bare bones sermon ready to go on our Google Drive. And then what we do is when either Pastor Mark or myself are getting ready to preach on a Sunday, typically Monday, we, we go back to the drive, download what we've done, look at it all. At that point, then I start managing commentaries just to see if where we're heading is the right direction mm-hmm. and if, if things are wrong. So I've got two commentaries typically that I, I pull from the most. One is uh, the word biblical commentary. It's the most liberal of the commentaries I have. Some of them don't even believe that God is real and mm. that they did a commentary on a book of the Bible, which is amazing. So they do a lot of textual criticism stuff, and they kind of push and prod and go in weird places that nobody really wants to go. A lot of times they're saying the prophet didn't really say this or whatever. So I usually read that to get myself prepared for the potential arguments against what we're mm. going to study. And then I have one other mainline good one, and those are the two that I usually weigh. Now, if they are completely at odds with one another, I will pull in three or four others just to see all across the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So for Revelation, we're using I'm using WBC, the Word Biblical Commentary, and then I'm also using the NIAGNT, I believe it is. Um, which is the New International Greek New Testament. That's a series that's fantastic. It's, it's amazing. works through the Greek. So those two are side by side. So that one's by Beale. The other one's, oh, I should have prepared for this, but I think Ons is his name, or Ain, Aiyun. I think it's A-U-N-E. Anyway, so I put those two side by side and just read them and think through what I like, what I don't like, and then we kind of go from there. So usually two, but if I need a whole lot more, that's what I do. Yeah, I definitely put you on the spot there. It's all good. Um, but I really like that I f- that you talked about reading something that is kind of out of religion almost, quote unquote. You know, like you read some, I mean, not out of religion, but that poses a lot of arguments mm-hmm. that are kind of against what we've been told or what mm-hmm. we've believed or mm-hmm. whatever that might be. And I think that's really good for us to contemplate because I think we get so scared of listening to those things. Instead, we should be welcoming them in to kind of see if what we actually are, if it is true, you know, like if what we're thinking or believing or, yeah. I mean, I know sometimes that that can maybe put you down scary paths, but I also think if you aren't testing it, then what's the point of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that's really – I think that's good that we – yeah. Yeah, there's a, contrarian, there's a contrarian part of my brain that I'm sure you're seeing when we do the podcast that comes out. But I, I like having both of those. Now, I, I very rarely use that material. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't buy into a lot of it, but mm-hmm. it's really good scholarship. I mean – well, right. that's what writing a good paper is all about. Totally. Like, you have to be mm-hmm. able to refute yes. the things against it. Because, like Revelation, for example, uh, the chapter I was working through today, he was going through um, all of the textual issues with this particular passage. And so, what that means is, let's say there's 50 different manuscripts that all the manuscripts were copied from. Out of those 50, 30 of them have discrepancies, mm-hmm. meaning a scribe either had a, a moment where they looked at a word and started copying it down, but didn't realize that it was actually the second occurrence of that word. And so their eyes skipped a line or two. Mm. 
mm-hmm. uh, or perhaps they felt it necessary to add Lord Jesus Christ into a spot because they felt like it was good there. Typically, textual criticism things don't actually break down the text and make it less than yeah. what it is. Usually, it's people trying to clarify the text and make it easier to understand. And uh, it's just good to kind of dig and think about that. So sometimes individuals in this commentary series will say, well, then clearly this book should be just thrown out. And I'm like, no, actually, that's the beauty of it all is these scribes so held God's word so highly that they wanted to try to make it easier for people to understand. So um, anyway, that's a huge, long nerd yeah. rabbit yeah. trail. But but that's good. All right. So let's, let's move to a non-nerd topic. What are you watching? So... Um, so b- before I went back to work, I watched a lot of Survivor. Like embarrassing amount of Survivor. I really enjoy Survivor. I don't know. I think some of it is the psychological element. Mm-hmm. I think some of it is I mean truly you are you kind of have to be careful how much you deceive and you lie because those people are the ones that are eventually going to give you the money, you know, but you do have to I don't know, it's just I just find it really interesting. But also like they get super mad but they know what they signed up for and and then they get mad and they don't like that person, but they end up voting for him. So it's like you just rewarded them. So then don't right. vote for that. You know, it's just anyways. If CBS wanted to make the Survivor like legit, <clears throat> they should give everybody COVID on an island and then see how it goes. That's what they see should. See who actually survives. Step up your game, CBS. Yeah. Make it work. And by the way, if you want to sponsor this program, feel free to do so. Yeah. We would love, love, we yeah. would love CBS to be a sponsor. <laughs> We'll tag you. You have no content control. You're not, al- you're not allowed to tell us what to say or what not to say, but we'd love to have you as a sponsor. But yeah, we totally I'm sure plug you would, your shows. I'm sure you'd love that. Shows. <laughs> um, what else are you watching? So I recently watched that 13th documentary mm-hmm. that's on Netflix, which was just, I mean, as we've talked about, I'm, I mean, things that you're not used to reading or seeing or, um, or even just understanding parts of our history. And so- that was, that was just, it was really eye-opening. I mean, are there parts of it that, who knows? I don't know. You know, everybody has a slight bias when they do anything, right? So, but I, I just, if yeah, I thought it was well done. Um, it definitely opened my eyes and made me think about things. And it also was just very interesting politically. And so, yeah, it, yeah. I, have you had a chance to, to watch that one? It's in our queue. Yeah. It is good. I mean, I felt like I just had this, like, oh, my face the entire time that I was watching it. Just because I'm like, yeah, I just, yeah, the the feelings and the empathy that came with it. Um, mm-hmm. On a lighter note, we've recently started watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, <laughs> which is, I mean, not always the greatest things happening in it. I'm not condoning every single aspect of it, but... It is funny. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, it's set in the 70s, 60s, 50s, 50s. Well, I, th- I think it's the 40s. 40s. I don't know. It's a while ago. <laughs> the times, the times roll together. Um, <laughs> Thanks, COVID. But it's just, yeah. I mean, she has to figure out what she's going to do because her husband decides to leave her. I mean, that's all in the first mm-hmm. episode. And Spoiler. It's just kind of crazy because he wants to be a comedian, but he's not good at it. And he steals his jokes, which that's not a good comedian. So and she actually is just naturally funny. And you Mm -hmm. see that from the very beginning. So it's yeah, 
it's just a, yeah, we were only, I think, two, three episodes in, so we're not super far in, but it's a nice, just light mm-hmm. show, but that still has some depth to it too, which is good. So cool. Yeah. Have you watched that one at all? A little bit. Yeah. I've seen a couple episodes. It's interesting. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite show, but I mean, yeah, it's not one that I'm like, this is, you know, my like, show, but it's like still most is... of what we're watching these days is really just, we have our phone open and we're not really watching it anyway. We're mm. just kind of, is that not your, the case in your house or, um, when I'm watching them at my house, that can happen. But I, when I watch them like with Aaron, that's not necessarily like we are not, we try not to be on our phones a ton. So gotcha. Yeah. So it's funny how we're, that, we're that works. We're an old married couple. So I mean, it's what, it's what happens. So yeah, I shouldn't, no, we're not, that's, I'm not saying that, but we just, yeah, no, I know we're not saying. really watching shows and our kids are running in and out. So it's like, we pause things every five seconds. So there's no point in really, I mean, it's your, yeah, it's your downtime. Yeah. You're, yeah. I, I want to turn my mind off for a little bit time. Yeah. So what are, what are you watching? Yeah. So speaking of which our downtime, we don't watch a ton of TV. We pretty much start watching TV after nine most nights, and then we'll. I usually go to bed between eleven and twelve. Sometimes late as one, and I'm up at five every day. Schnikes! I mean, I'm on freak show. I could not survive. Even if my alarm doesn't go off, I'm typically up at five. Mm. So, it's a thing. So the two big shows that we've been watching, or we we finished Waco on Netflix. That is, I can't recommend that enough. Mm, okay. it, it is crazy. Uh, they That's took, a documentary too, isn't it's it? A, it? Well, yeah, it's a ish. Yeah, it's a documentary. Um, yeah, Riggins from Friday Night Lights is the main character, oh. and Riggs. Riggs is our boy. Uh, <laughs> big fan of Riggs. Tim Riggins. So he plays uh, David Koresh, and I, I'm going to warn everyone that it's not. It's it's two different perspectives of the same story kind of blended together, but there's a good chance that what you heard happened isn't exactly maybe how it mm-hmm. went down, at least from the perspective of the people inside the commune. So one person inside the commune survived. His autobiography is what they use, and they also use the autobiography of the negotiator who was more of a pacifist and was angry with how things were going down. So you have two contrarian views to what yeah. was told to us given, and it's really good, it's especially just uh, for the religious elements and all that kind of stuff. It's really interesting. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you know, when we were kids, this happened and everyone was like, well, I can't believe this is going on. Like, whoa, that place got burned down in Waco and wow. Uh, it was crazy. The other thing that we started watching, and this is just the best show in the world, I'm not kidding. It is that good. It is called Saved by the uh, Saved by the Farm. Saved by the Farm or Saved by the Barn? I want to say Barn now, but it I might say be you Farm. Have farm down. Is that not what it is? I know, but I don't know that it is Saved. No, it is Saved by the Farm, but it's Barn Sanctuary. Okay. Is the is the company? And so what this guy did was he was a he was a tech uh, guy who was making a ton of money, and his grandma's farm was available their dad started taking care of it and he called up the son and said hey what do we want to do with grandma's farm do we want to sell it or what he quit his job moved there and created a sanctuary farm for animals who uh either are maimed in some way or have not taken well to the farm or have a disease of some sort so they have a cow with a cleft palate (laughs) 
the greatest thing. That's funny. And they got like pigs that, you know, are getting abused or something, or like they have roosters that are just mean. And mm-hmm. so it's two brothers. Uh, the one brother is the one that's basically in charge of a barn sanctuary. And then the other brother is kind of interning for the summer. And he's so, it's so great. And their names are Chris and Dan. Oh, that's It's so cool. So we're laughing hysterically. Our whole family loves it. It's one of those things where once it gets recorded on the DVR, we are pausing our life and we're all watching it together as a family and we're laughing and, and loving it. And it's great. So cool show. I would strongly recommend you check it out. So Chris, what are you learning nowadays? I'm not learning anything. <laughs> no, uh, the, you know, I, I'm going to keep this one short. The biggest thing that I'm learning is, so I took on a new role in November and I've made a couple of allusions to that in the podcast that my job has changed a bit. I am learning how to be good at this, you know, cause when you, when you do something for a long time, like I was in student ministries forever and there's, I'll admit there's a part of my heart that just sort of knew how the year was supposed to go and mm-hmm. it, it wasn't getting challenging for me. And I just kind of, could just do student ministry. I wasn't, I think down the stretch, I was so tired. I wasn't great at it and I wasn't super passionate about it. So that didn't spell well for the kids, but, but I just knew what I was doing and it wasn't really a huge challenge. So that, that part of my heart needed to be dealt with and God did it by dropping a new position in my lap, but taking on the executive pastor role, having more responsibility, uh, some of this I was already doing beforehand, but now I actually have no one else to go to. Mm-hmm. So it's hard and it's sometimes a little scary and COVID threw so many curveballs at us, you know, how to handle staff in the midst of it, how to, what do we do about reopening? When are we going to reopen? What's the government saying? You know, is the governor crazy? Is the state ridiculous? Uh, and the answer to all those things is yes. But uh, we were trying to just <laughs> nail it all down and figure out what we could do and how to, how to do it. So it's been hard and challenging and, and amazing. I've loved it, but I'm I'm it's a it's a sharp curve, learning curve that I'm on right now. How about you? What are you listening or learning to? Sorry. Um uh, let me let me back that up. What are you learning, Erica? Yes. So I'm I am trying to learn to listen. So I think we're so used to talking and we're so used to getting our opinions out and our voices heard. So I'm, I'm really learning what does it look like to just listen and not be thinking of what I'm going to say next and also trying to affirm them while they're speaking and trying to um, let them know that they are heard and that their opinions matter. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's one thing I'm, I'm learning to do more is just um, cause it is, it's not easy. We're not used to learning to listen. So, and that's not just sitting there. That means I'm actively engaging and being intentional and um, trying to learn from it and not just, okay, I did what I was supposed to do, but actually wanting to create more of, yeah, I think that helps to create more dialogue too. So actually, yeah, learning to listen. So that is good. It's a good thing for us to to learn at any point in our life. Yeah. Cool. All right. What are you listening to these days? Uh, so I... Which is a really ironic question to ask right after you said I know, said right after I said, like, I'm learning to listen. So, I mean, a lot of that does have to do with I'm, I'm being careful at what I am listening to. So I, I have... 
I'm trying to diversify my life so that, I mean, just as we talked about earlier, so that the same things that I'm listening to aren't just all the things that are me. So all the opinions that I already agree with, all of the thoughts that I already have, all of the lives, like the past life that I've lived, that it all is with that. I'm trying to be more conscious of listening to a, a diverse group of people. So, um, I mean, one of the things that I started listening to is a podcast 1619, which is just really interesting. Once again, kind of like the 13th, it's showing history in a different way. It's a New York Times podcast, and it kind of starts at 1619 is when the first slave boat came to Virginia. So, and just looking at it from a different perspective, a lot of history from a different perspective, which is, I think, really great because the majority of probably our textbooks and everything when going through school were probably written by white people. So it's very interesting to have it written in and spoken to us in a different, yeah, a different perspective. So that helps us have a more well-rounded perspective. So, um, yeah, I've started listening to that and that's been really interesting. I'm only, I'm only like three episodes in, but... Our history is way more varied than people realize, mm-hmm. but you haven't always heard it. So I, uh, I was listening to a, a message by Matt Chandler a couple of years ago. I believe it was actually on Martin Luther King's birthday, but I, I'm not positive of that because I, in the background, it looked like the background that was similar to other speakers I've seen at this conference. And what he was saying is, if you go and ask white folks who are the most important people in black history, you usually get about seven names and you neglect hundreds of other names who have made major impacts. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, the person who laid out Washington DC itself was an African American, yeah. you know, the, some architects that are tremendous have made a huge impact on the world are African Americans. Some theologians who have done some amazing work and pushed us to think differently in a lot of ways are African-American and people just don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And so we, the more history we can learn, the better off we actually are. And I don't mean that this is you're saying, it's not just listening to yeah. white folks. It's starting to push ourselves a little bit and go, let's, let's let this person speak into my life a little bit, or let's just realize what else is out there. And that, you know, uh, we, we've been kind of told things that aren't, aren't a hundred percent correct. Or they are, but they're missing a whole other part of the story. Maybe a better way to say it, instead of 100% correct, it's more of a 360 view, right? Yeah. We get a 20% yeah. you know, 20-degree view, and then we look around and we're like, oh, wow, this country is so much more Im- impacted by all these different kinds of people. Yeah, I noticed that when I went to school in Canada and took American history. And yeah, just even from that perspective, it was still a white person, but it was— not an American that was teaching me. And so, yeah, I got to see a little bit more of like, I almost want to say like behind the scenes, right. like, cause we, I think just get the, the, almost the highlight reel of all the great things. And then they kind of just like brush all of the negative things mm-hmm. under the rug. Whereas it's all part of our history. So totally, we kind of need to own it all. So it's it, been good to hear that and, other side of it. And that white person teaching your history <clears throat> class was wearing a hat made out of beaver skin and <laughs> they smelled of maple syrup and they yes, were way nicer than the white Americans. Very, yeah. Very passive eh? as we would like to stereotype our neighbors to the North. Yep. They're so friendly. So friendly. <laughs> Love you, Canada. 
So what are you listening to? Uh, I am listening to a new podcast. It's not new, but it's new to me. Uh, it's called the Bema podcast or Bema. And uh, it's if you like what we're doing, we're going through the Bible a little slower than they do. But if you like Ray Vanderlaan and if you like the idea of trying to really pull sort of the Jewish roots out of the text and help it make sense and give you new eyes, this is the podcast for you. So I, I'm about 30 episodes in. I'm doing this while I mow right now because we're staying with friends while we're waiting to buy a house and the yard that we live at is enormous. And so I mow for five hours every weekend. You can get a lot of podcasts on that time. I'm getting a lot of podcasts <laughs> in. Yeah. So it's, but it's really good, really speaking to me. It's beautiful. I'm liking it a lot. All right. Last question. What has been on your heart? Yeah. So when I was trying to write this, I, or even think about this, I think I'm just reminded of what's always been on my heart. So, and that's just oppressed people. Like my heart is always broken for, for that. I, I really realized it when I lived in Ecuador right after high school for a year and just, I just saw how hard they have it. And, um, and then just realize like, wow, I mean, I thought I had things hard. And then I look at that and I'm like, I don't, I don't to be real, you know? And, and so that just reminded me of like why I got into teaching. That reminded me of why I got into to youth. That reminds me of why I, I really like working with college students. And it's a lot of that is, is to help them through that, their, their hardships, you know? And so just kind of get bringing me back to that um to that passion of mine and I guess yeah because I think over the years I've become a little bit more cynical life just kind of gets in the way and the routine of it and making sure that I'm comfortable making sure that you know I am providing for myself and that my life is good and realizing that that's not what we are called to do as Christ followers like Making sure I'm comfortable is not sacrificially loving other people and making sure that they're, it's almost like I should be making sure their life is comfortable, not mine. So uh, that's what's really been on my heart and just trying to figure out how I do that in my, my little corner. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that thought. That is, that sounds like Christ is doing some things in your heart. Hopefully. I don't let it stop there, you know, and I actually move forward and continue to actually do the things because if they stay there, that's, that's nothing, you know? So that's also the, the prayer. So what about you? Yeah. I'm kind of, uh, there's some working going on in my heart as well. Um, I'm just, I've taught a lot of people what discipleship looks like. And over the last couple of months, it's gotten very convicting to me that I've moved into more of a uh, oversight role at the church. And I'm not being as um, intentional Mm -hmm. about my own discipleship relationships. 
So I've just kind of made a commitment to myself in the last couple of days, even just to start really thinking through, all right, what is discipleship going to look like for me in this role? What is discipleship going to look like for me to teach the church what it looks like as opposed to just talking about it? Like I need to do it. Yeah. So uh, one of my friends who moved to a national role, you know, quite a few years ago, and he's since moved on from it. But one of the things that he was told was, you know, what you what you really are passionate about is what you need to spend your time on because the rest of your job's going to eat you up. And I was really uh, blessed by him and blown away by the way that he, as at a national level, served through making discipleship relationships with tons of people. And so I'm looking at my role going, you know, yeah, I'm learning it, but I don't have any excuses. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming up with, with my plan for the year, uh, who, you know, both – who am I going to interact with one-on-one, but then also how do I help the church move in this direction? So I don't want to program disciple making, and that's not what I'm trying to say here, but there is some type of planning that has to happen in order for you to really accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. And so, you know, I've got a plan that I'm scribbling on my notebook, my little idea book that I've used for, you know, 20 years almost, and, and just... As I think through things, I scribble them in there, and then I sit and ponder and think about them for a while. And I think I've got a kind of a neat way to approach um, basically a one-year really intensive discipleship concept with people. And uh, so next year, I think we're going to – I'm going to try to finalize it and then launch it and see how it goes. But it's going to get people moving in God's Word a whole lot more and then taking different moments of time to let God speak or – practice solitude or practice generosity or practice. So, so to be kind of studying God's word along with the spiritual disciplines and then just kind of all this wrapped together, which I think will be beautiful and, and wonderful. And I hope it'll help people as much as it has helped me over the years. Um, but yeah, it'll just make me more intentional about what I'm trying to do and mm-hmm. where we're trying to go as a church. So we'll see. Yeah. That sounds good. Cool. I like it. All right. We got two shout outs real quick. We want to give one to Mariah. Thanks for noticing that our podcast had a bit of a, of a issue last week. A little bit of silence. It allowed us to re-download it. I don't even know how to call it. Um, Super technical. We downloaded what did it you again. Say? Upload? Re-uploaded it. Re-upload. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like that's two prefixes and I don't know what to do with them. I just click buttons and stuff happens. So we did that, and then the other shout out. Thanks, thanks to our buddy Brian for the yes. new music. Hope it, I hope you will like it as much as we like it. Mm-hmm. We're easy to please. You're listening to this podcast, so you must be easy to please as well. <laughs> that was a little self-deprecating, underhanded, yeah. self-deprecating humor. Obviously, we're we think, fantastic. Obviously, we think we're doing a good job. So, speaking of which, if you do think we're doing a good job, pass this on. Yes, please. We want more people listening. Share it with others. All right. Peace. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Yamcast. You can check us out at yamcast.podbean.com or on any other podcasting apps like iTunes. We would love it if you'd leave us a review that is any number between four and a half and five stars. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com. If you'd like more information about us, you can check us out at parkhillschurch.com or on the App Store with the Park Hills Church app. We are also on Instagram, so give us a follow at the Yamcast.
What were they talking about the whole time? I don't know. I think the baptismal needs to be filled all the time so I can have a hot tub.